0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Carmichael Governance Podcast. I'm Dermot O'Kirbwui, CEO of Carmichael. Carmichael is a charity that provides supports to other Irish charities, particularly in the area of governance. You can find details of what we do and a wide range of free resources on our website. That's carmichaelireland.ie. You can also find previous editions of our governance podcast on our website or on your favourite podcast platform, be that SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, ACAST. And I'm delighted today to have as our guest Colm Hanley, who's Head of Corporate Services with Solicitors LK Shields. You're very welcome, Colm, and delighted to have you with us today. Thanks
1: very much, Chairman, and uh, thanks for inviting me to join your podcast. Absolute pleasure.
0: I always like to start off with just getting some of the backstory of my guest. So you might just give us a sort of a a headline view of your own career today and how you ended up in the role that you're currently doing.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, I've been working in the company secretarial space for uh, nearly 20 years now. Um, I, to be honest, I, I kind of fell into it almost by accident when I finished college. Um, I my first job was with a company formations agent uh, down in Dame Street. I didn't know much about it at the time, but I learned pretty quickly on the job. I was working in incorporations primarily, and also doing some Cosec under the late John Rock, FCIS, who was you know absolute legend of the sector. And um, so I got gained experience to the incorporation side, which I really loved. we were working directly with a lot of clients, working to deadlines doing the COSEC with the firm as well. So that's where my, my interest in company law really, you know, that really ignited there. So I went off and I decided I'd consider whether I wanted, did I want to become a lawyer or a solicitor. So I went off and I did a diploma in legal studies with DBS. And after doing that, that was that was quite successful. We we're really pleased with that. But I decided the company secretarial was for me and um, I stuck at it I uh, joined an Irish trust and corporate service provider their company secretarial department in Dublin I spent two or three years uh, working in company secretarial there that had a bit more of an international aspect uh, rather than incorporating and doing cosec for Irish companies was more um, international compliance involved which was great That was great for my own development learning a lot more and as part of that I actually transferred over to New Zealand in uh, 2010 or 11. It might have been um, to open up an office over there. Um, so that was a that was a big adventure, and um, and I spent actually the, the majority of my thirties actually in New Zealand um, uh, managing the office over there. So again, huge amount of experience was still in the company secretarial managing portfolios of. Uh, private companies, limited partnerships and trusts, and I decided, well, it was a a joint decision um, that we'd move back to Ireland in 2020. Thankfully, you know, we obviously didn't foresee what came in 2020, it just happened to be a stroke of luck that we moved back just before. It was my Bruce Willis moment where I rolled under the shutters at the last minute, and um, I, thankfully, I joined LK Shields Solicitor's. Um, In their company secretarial department in early 2020. Obviously, um, I didn't spend too many days in the office at the beginning. I only joined them on the 9th of March. But I've been working in the company secretarial department uh, with LK Shields ever since. And I'm now the head of the company secretarial and corporate governance department in LK Shields. And we have a great team in there and really enjoy it. I think, you know, I'm a a, a career man when it comes to company secretarial. I wouldn't wouldn't have it any other way.
0: For those that may not be familiar with what what a company secretary or COSEC, as you you refer to, what are the primary tasks of a a company secretary, the general ones?
1: Generally, uh, a company secretary, the the duties of a company secretary are delegated by the board. There are some statutory duties included in the Companies Act, such as countersigning uh, with a director, registered person, um, any instrument which the company seal is affixed. Uh, countersigning with a director uh, certificate uh, to be annexed to the financial statements Uh, an account certificate might be more commonly known Um, there's also uh, summoning a meeting of the directors um, on the requisition of a director signing certain CRO forms uh, countersigning declarations um, verification of declarations, which might be uh, on the appointment of a receiver, but generally, um, you know, as I mentioned, the duties are really delegated by the board, and they can be they can vary between companies depending on the size of the company, depending on the sector that it's in. But principally, uh, the company secretary ensures compliance with the Companies Act, and in the case of charities, um, would be a, a big champion of the corporate or the charities governance code. So you're looking at the principal duties would be preparation and filing of annual returns. Um, at the company's registration office. That will also involve liaising with auditors to make sure that the financial statements are prepared, providing them with any information that they may have during the audit if it falls under your remit, and of course filing the annual return within the prescribed um, deadline to avoid uh, any late filing penalties or non-compliance with that requirement under the Act to file the return. And there's also maintaining the company books in the statutory registers of a company. So the statutory registers would include the Register of Directors and Secretaries, which includes um, all the details of a uh, and past directors and secretaries, all the company's officers and their details, updating that um, as, as required, maintaining a register of members of the company, a register of disclosable interests, and also more recent um, requirement is to maintain a register of beneficial ownership. This is probably something that I would highlight because we get a lot of charities that we speak with and it, it kind of comes to a surprise to them that they need to comply with the register of beneficial ownership requirements considering uh, a lot of them are operating as companies limited by guarantee without a share capital do not have shareholders and therefore they have the misconception that they don't have to f- comply with the Register of Beneficial Ownership. I'm sure it's probably something you're familiar I with know, yourself. I know, I remember
0: when it was coming in, I couldn't believe it myself and yeah. I, I contacted the Department of Finance were the ones who were bringing in the legislation and um, made it quite clear mm. if you're a company limited by guarantee you are bound by the requirements under that that, um, re, that um, regulation so yes mm. it is one that probably still needs to percolate through to some because the thing with the share capital without share capital sort of confuses it. we mm. don't have we don't have owners yeah um, so yeah, it is one I think just needs reminded from
1: time to time that it
0: yeah. does. It is part of yeah. their responsibilities.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And you know, just because you don't have shareholders doesn't I mean you need to disclose the information at the register. Um, you know, there are. are you know provisions within the Act where you don't have beneficial owners, that you insert the senior managing officials of the entity. Uh, so that is usually the typically the, the approach that is taken by CLGs. Okay. In addition to those duties, uh, company secretary uh, will also maintain other records, such as um, copies of director service agreements and uh, memoranda, uh, instruments uh, creating charges, and they'll also maintain the minute book. Um, of the company recording all minutes and resolutions passed by the directors um, and the members. Um, You know, the the minute book obviously feeds nicely into the uh, compliance record form for charities in terms of recording all the decisions that are made and the topics that have been addressed uh, by the board uh, throughout the year. Um, In addition to that, it's quite a broad remit. Um, So in addition to that... uh, Company secretary is provides uh, legal and administrative support to the board um, on statutory duties, corporate governance, and um, effectiveness of board process. So the company secretary will arrange uh, and schedule board meetings, prepare and circulate agendas, notices, um, all board materials. Uh, attend the meeting, take minutes, take a rolling action log to ensure that any actions that were decided at the board are actually concluded. So it's quite a broad remit and it will also act as um, advisor to the the chairman and indeed uh, board members on all aspects of corporate governance um, and compliance.
0: So it's really quite an extensive remit and and you did say uh, at the start of your answer that it's very much at the direction of the board, what the breadth and scope of responsibilities in addition to those legal Requirements that come under the, the Companies Act. What sort of roles have you seen in evolved where the company secretary now is getting involved in a much broader range of governance that matters than might have been the case, say, 10, 15 years ago?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, well, really, the role of the company secretary has expanded a great deal in uh, recent years. It's gone from simply being a minute-taker um, to um, being basically the chief governance um, advisor uh, to the board. So you know, um, it is as I mentioned, it's quite a quite a broad remit. You know, all companies have comp- corporate governance requirements, and this particular sector, such as the the charity sector, which even have enhanced uh, uh, corporate governance requirements. And the key role of the company secretary is to advise the chairman, and advise chairperson, and the board um, on on these corporate governance uh, requirements to ensure that they they comply, and really. The dynamic of uh, boards has changed uh, in recent years and board members are recognising the importance of corporate governance and recognising the technical uh, knowledge and expertise that is needed uh, by a company secretary um, to ensure that uh, the company complies with its corporate governance. And the boards now look to the company secretary for this expertise. It's not just minute-taking, it's not just filing of annual returns, it's company's and registration. it could
0: be that it's not that... That this company secretary doesn't actually take the minutes so that there's a, a, somebody else can do that task because in, in the particular meetings. We've talked about charities and, and companies limited by well guarantee and you have the Charities Act and you have the Companies Act. Mm-hmm. Is there any fundamental difference between the secretary under the Charities Act and a company secretary under, under the Companies Act of 2014 or are they essentially, the role is, is exactly the same?
1: No, the role is not exactly the same. Um, I suppose the obvious one would be in terms of uh, the Charities Governance Code and reporting to the Charities Regulator. Um, you know, Obviously, that's a, that's an additional uh, reporting requirement that doesn't uh, apply to uh, private companies. Um, so you have the annual report, the maintenance to the Charities Regulator, you have the maintaining of the compliance record form. Um, you have also, um, in terms of... Uh, d- uh, advising directors and directors training and board evaluations you need to take into account uh, the char- charities governance code provide training to the directors on the charities governance code as particularly as part of their induction and um, so that would be uh, something that i would see as uh, one of the obvious differences another difference um, would be that you probably encounter would be in terms of the board composition. Uh, for charities, you uh, tend particularly particularly medium to large charities, uh, you tend to have more board members than you might have in a private limited company, and that presents its own challenges to the company secretary um, in terms of communication with the board as a whole, uh, making sure that actions uh, des- assigned to the board are concluded. Um, obviously, building rapport with each of the board individuals who. Are individuals, so they will have different preferences, uh, different personalities, and all that. So um, that presents um, its own challenges um, to company secretaries of charities. And there's a lot of, um, of course, you know, being a charity. Uh, there's a lot of public scrutiny um, of charities and uh, a need for transparency. So it's absolutely crucial that um, company secretaries of charities are very familiar with the Charities Governance Code in, in addition to the Companies Act and any other regulations that they may um, be relevant to the duties that have been delegated to them.
0: And You mentioned the importance of the Governance Code and that would be probably a game-changer in terms of the role of the, the secretary in, in, the, in the charity that that in-depth knowledge of the Code the implications and the requirements on the, on the organization and as you say that the simple matters of the the simple matter but the the task of keeping the compliance record form up to date and you know you know when you do your annual review and certification as as a board that the, the secretary can provide that confidence to the board members that things are in place and here's the supporting documentation if required to give the evidence that we're compliant so it, it, it is it is grown and i noticed in the, the new charities amendment bill and, and there's one of the things we've pushed for particularly is the recognition that either this is a very significant role in in the organization but the interpretation that the regulator under the current act was you're an officer of the board so therefore that caused difficulties for some charities that you could not be paid. So a member of the board had to take on the role of it. So I, I see this as a very positive move, that recognition that it doesn't necessarily have to be a member of the board, and probably preferably not, given the scale and, and an importance of the role, as we've just outlined, that that this is probably a member of staff or somebody that's paid because of the, the expertise and experience to fulfil that role.
1: Yeah, uh, well, the directors are the charity trustees. You know, There is a, an obligation there, or a duty, to ensure that the company secretary has the... The relevant skills and expertise like to fulfill their duties as the company secretary so that um, really needs to be considered when they're appointing the company secretary um as we said it's a you know it's a broad remit um whether you can jug- juggle your full-time job and be the company secretary and cover all those uh, duties and responsibilities as company secretary you know that's arguable we see it all the time where somebody may get in contact to us and um they're trying to do both jobs and it's just it's just overwhelming, you know. Um, it, it really is a specialist area and it's, you know, as as it evolves, it's more and more being uh, regarded as a specialist area, being a company secretary. And it's an important, important component of the success of a charity or an organisation that you have your corporate governance up to scratch and good practices are being implemented. It really does uh, support, you know, the strategic objectives of the company and key to that is that you have a suitably qualified or suitably experienced company secretary.
0: Talking about the the, the suitably qualified, does it necessarily have a formal qualification to act as a company secretary, or or what?
1: What's your view on that? Yeah, well, other than public limited companies, um, the Act does not prescribe that company secretaries need to have a formal qualification. Now, referring back again to the duty of the directors to appoint a suitably qualified company secretary, consideration should be given to candidates um, whether they can actually fulfill the role whether the resources are there to fulfill the role you know the act doesn't prescribe what is meant by the necessary skills however so what the recommendation is is that the the board document their discussions in terms of the appointment of a company secretary make sure that the candidate that they choose has the training has the resources to fulfill the role it might be a case, you know, if you look at internally at the candidates for company secretary, it might be a case that, OK, there's a certain level of training needed here. But they might also consider outsourcing the company secretarial function. Um, this is quite common um, to a company secretarial service provider, and that essentially satisfies um, the director's duty at the most basic level.
0: What you've described is, is quite a, a broad-ranging role and, a, and quite a lot of responsibility. What sort of are the, the characteristics or skills or competencies of a, of a good effective company secretary?
1: Yeah, a good company secretary, I suppose key to it is um, excellent written and verbal communication. Uh, you're going to be communicating with um, a lot of different stakeholders, the board, the members, um, you know, a lot of external parties, regulators. So good written verbal communication is absolutely key. Um, another one um, is organisational and time management skills, uh, meeting deadlines, balancing um, the various tasks that you might be faced with on a daily basis, such as you might have a reporting deadline coming up, but you're also trying to issue board materials for an upcoming meeting or issue a notice for an AGM or something like that so that's um, uh, multitasking Um, a keen eye for detail particularly in terms of recording discussions and uh, uh, deliberations and resolutions of the board and also um, preparing regulatory filings you know you don't want to be uh, filing uh, misinformation or false information I suppose, discretion with handling confidential information because you are there attending board meetings uh, which can tend to be discussing confidential topics. Uh, so you need to be able to uh, appreciate that and manage that and also act in a professional manner um, at all times. You are a company officer of the company, so it's important that you act in a professional manner um, at all times when dealing with stakeholders of the company.
0: And. Being a trusted advisor is, is is one of the important things. I would think you know that that the board members and particularly the chair need to have a good relationship with the secretary, but that based on trust, as you say, confidentiality. As you say, they will have an insight of things that probably a lot of other people in the organisation won't have. So it it is it is particularly important that that person is deemed trustworthy. Um, what particular challenges do you see faces the company secretary? You know, you know, particularly if times where if the charity or the thing is going through tr- difficult times, or are there particularly are there particular challenges that the company secretary might face in in those those type of environments?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I suppose the first thing would be, you know, if a charity is going through uh, difficult times is to, um, you know, keep the charity on track in terms of its strategic objectives and its discussions at the board. You know, it's not all doom and gloom. Let's keep on track uh, what was decided previously and that would involve, um, you know, having a clear set of objectives, drafting your agenda accordingly. Um, your rolling actions to make sure that the actions that were agreed um, are carried through and concluded. Um, another key challenge is building rapport and dealing with different personalities on a board because you know it, a, board, a good board is made up of a broad range of uh, individuals, which they'll have different different personalities, and, and it's important that the company secretary builds a rapport with each of the board members and is able to identify um, what, how they can get the best out of each of the each of the board members in terms of how they deal with them and you know what their preferences etc are. You know that is building rapport with board members has been a particular challenge um, over the last two years or so it's been unusual times and the dominance of uh, virtual board meetings and virtual shareholder meetings obviously um, you know virtual meetings are great but it is difficult to build a true rapport with somebody when you've only met them over teams or zoom or whatnot so um, you know that was a challenge for company secretaries but what I always saw as being very valuable is maybe outside a board meeting to give a call to one of the board members or all the board members just to you know have a chat get some feedback from them and that's a that's a way of building rapport with each of the members you know during those times Um other challenges of its regulation just because the charity itself is uh, going through challenging times doesn't mean that the regulatory reporting and all the other stuff has to be complied with. So that continues um, irrespective of the uh, the performance of the charity, you know, what's going on inside. And other challenges for company secretaries is uh, technology. Technology is a friend to some and it's a foe to others. And uh, what I always say about technology is we use um, a lot of company secretarial software and you can see that most of the regulatory filing these days is uh, all done online submissions. But what I would say is, uh, I mean, when you're using uh, online records, don't rely on them too heavily. Uh, they're only as good as the information that's put into them and the information that's kept up to date. Um, for example, if you were to forget to put some information into a register or you put in the wrong information to a register and you come back a year later to uh, file an annual return or something, you're relying entirely that the information that is correct, even though it's not, and that will lead to uh, uh, false information uh, being submitted on an annual return. So that's the eye to detail that I referred to earlier on. You need to be careful. Technology is great, but it's uh, there is scope for human error. So, as part of the company secretarial's role, they ensure that uh, the correct use of technology.
0: You, you're involved in the Chartered Corporate Governance um, uh, Organisation. What does that do, and what sort of
1: role does it play in terms of supporting company secretaries? The Corporate Governance Institute, yeah. formerly the ICSA. Yeah, the ICSA, If you're or the CGI, if you're looking to um, obtain a formal qualification as a company secretary, and um, the formal qualification is through the CGI. Um, they also run a number of courses. I'm a member of the education committee at the CGI, um, so we're we've some upcoming courses on a minute taking, and also the role of the company secretary, which we are hosting in our office. And I suppose it just it provides uh, support and training to those either considering a move to the company secretarial space, or those already in it who are just looking to you know keep on top of their skills and um, you know also meet other people in the sector. And if,
0: say, somebody's listening to the podcast and say, are thinking about taking on the role of company secretary, what would be your advice to them?
1: My advice to them is go for it. Um, you know, in re- recent years, the, um, the role of a company secretary, the job of a company secretary is... Uh, evolved to be an extremely highly regarded position and a, a highly regarded career and um, there's lots of demand out there for corporate governance professionals um, across all sectors and um, so they're highly sought after. What I would do is um, if they're considering a career in Cosec the first thing I would probably do is I'd do a bit of research and I'd also reach out to people that are already working in the sector you know just have a chat have a coffee um, see what it's all about um, see what lies ahead you know um, you know in the company secretarial space we're very much uh, a community really we're a community and we're quite open to uh, helping anyone that wants to join or is uh, uh, thinking of joining the, co- the company secretarial space anybody who's um, taking on a new company secretarial role or is uh, has taken on a role. I would uh, acquaint themselves with the duties attached to the position of a company secretary, uh, acquaint themselves with uh, all the board members, the uh, company documentation, the charity's governance code, just so they're familiar with all aspects of the company and the board. Um, I'd also uh, encourage people to um, engage with regulators and uh, avail of the supports out there whether there's um, supports such as Carmichael and uh, the charities regulator there's an abundance of guidance and templates out there Um, so if you're feeling overwhelmed um, or you're not too sure you think you're out of your debt engage with regulators uh, check out the guidance uh, attend training courses by the CGI or whatnot they're open to everybody and they're run on a quite regular basis and I would also say at the start it's a good idea to do a governance health check if you're just after coming in uh, to an organisation and you know where you want to go you need to know where you're starting from so um, one of the things we do on quite a regular basis is governance health checks just to identify if there's any gaps in the, the corporate governance framework uh, of an organisation and then what actions need to be taken to close those gaps so see where you are, where you want to go and how you're going to get there Excellent,
0: excellent, very good um, just, This has been fascinating and I think you've given us an, an excellent insight into many roles um, of, a, of a company secretary um, and just sort of uh, my, my standard wrap-up question that I ask all my guests and it's it's the sort of the the, the magic wand but if, if if you had three wishes that how you would like to see the Irish charity sector evolve over the next five years what would you like to see happening in the sector?
1: I suppose the the first thing is uh, you know as I mentioned we've been through unusual and very challenging times over the last two years and all credit has to be given to um, any charity that has basically survived the covid pandemic you know in the first place and one of the things that i wouldn't like to see is that the burden of corporate governance for charities detracts from their strategic objectives and essentially breaks the back of the charity there's absolutely no need for it. corporate governance and the charities regulator and the charities governance code it's not there to penalize you it's not all about enforcement It's about enabling, it's about support, it's about guidance. So reach out, you know, make the most of all those uh, supports that are out there, whether it's Carmichael or the Charities Regulator, and, um, you know, if needs be, outsource your company's secretarial function um, so as to free up uh, internal resources, which are always, um, you know, quite scarce in the charitable sector. I suppose the second one uh, on top of that would be... uh, the second wish would be a change in perception in relation to regulations and, um, and the regulator who's, you know, as I mentioned, it's not just about enforcement. Um, the regulator is there to um, is a valuable resource and support to all charities. Don't shy away from engaging. Uh, make the most of it and lean on them for, garg- for guidance and there's an abundance of information out there um, to assist you in uh, achieving your corporate governance goals. Uh, the third wish would be probably about recognition and more recognition um, of all the work that's been done by charities and the charity regulator over the last number of years. Um, uh, there's been, you know, obviously there's room for improvement. Um, according to the 2021 annual report, you know, the majority of uh, charities have declared that they're compliant with the Charities Government Code. So a lot of work done, uh, a lot more work to do. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, the work, ma- work done to date should be recognised and deserves the confidence of the public.
0: Excellent. Those are three brilliant wishes and I would echo your first wish in terms of don't let the, the governance requirements cloud the need to deliver on your purpose. But really, as you said, the purpose of governance codes and is to allow you to run more effectively and better and to deliver on that purpose so that there is an enabler rather than a stick or a burden. So, Colin, that's been fantastic. I really appreciate um, chatting with you today. So thank you.
1: Thanks very much, Jeremy. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to our latest Carmichael Governance podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, it would be of great benefit to us if you could give it a rating, as that helps to create greater awareness of these podcasts. So until the next time, Slom Gafol.